This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Ever wonder about the stories of the women around you? We wanted to create an intentional space for women to share the wisdom they have gained through life experiences. Tune in to be in awe of some of the Wonder Woman in our midst. Wondering Woman on ORFM Dunedin. Kia and welcome to our next episode of Wondering Women. Today we have a special episode where we interview one of our hosts. I'm with you today as your host Amy and I'm going to interview Linnea who's usually on the other end being host to other Wondering Women but today I wanted to interview Linnea on some of the um, climate strike march work she's done in the past. So welcome Linnea. Hi, thanks for having me. It is funny to be here as the the interviewee and not the interviewer. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's kind of fun. So yeah. do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? I know you're a student, second year student mm-hmm. at the University of Otago, but do you want to tell us what you're studying and why you yeah. chose these subjects maybe? Yeah, so I'm second year ecology and anthropology double major student um so that's a bachelor of arts in science which i think is a recent development at otago uni um but it's really cool because it's enabling me to do both science science subjects and art subjects without having to like do a double degree or kind of pick one and then have the other one sort of fade out um and it's been really really good and highly beneficial because i I just really love science, but I also love the humanities. And so it's been so cool to be able to do both of them. Yeah, that's really cool. So it's a new, did you say it's a new degree where you can do both? Yeah, I think it only, so I started last year, 2020, no, 2021, sorry, last Um. I think it came in maybe like 2017 or 2018. I'm not sure, but I know when I was in year 13 and I was kind of exploring degree options, this one was new and they were like, oh, this has been a recent addition. And I think it was pretty recent, but I'm not actually sure how. how. Anyways, I'm glad it came around in time for me. Yeah, it interests me because I did my university studies in the States and I was a science um, major with biology and environmental studies, but it was at a liberal arts college. So it was a bachelor arts degree in science, (laughs) which when I moved here, confused the heck out of my employers. And they're like, wait, so did did you do science? And I (laughs) said, yes. But I ended up like giving them my transcripts to show them what (laughs) courses I actually did. But it's just a really, when I moved here 22 years ago, it was a really different philosophy of, well, it just showed the different philosophies of education between yeah. America and more the English system, I guess, which they follow mm-hmm. here, and where yeah. the science is science and arts is arts, but it sounds like yeah. that might be changing a bit. Yeah, well, I think um, part of their pitch when they, when, you know, I was sort of exploring this degree option was like, you know, we need people who can do both. And it's really good to have scientists who are also informed by 
humanities and people who do the humanities who also understand science um cool. and so yeah and I think it's true because it is it is really valuable to just have a bit of a wider understanding of both of those things and I've found that doing both enriches both of them mm. like my anthropology enriches my understanding of science and how we do science and you know doing science and learning about kind of the world around me also influences my anthropology and yeah it just kind of gives more context to both of them yeah sounds really holistic and I yeah. know I really I really valued my um liberal arts degree and and not going into it I thought oh I have to take philosophy and English <laughs> theology yeah. but some of, actually philosophy ended up being one of my favorite oh, nice. which yeah surprised me so yeah cool. I think they've been bringing that kind of thing in more now like I know the first year health science students have to take a population health paper which is like kind of anthropology of health and things and hmm. yeah when when you've grown up in like a western world where you know kind of biomedical science and that you know western science is taken as like the objective truth really good to kind of take a step back and have someone say actually this is just one way of looking at the world mm, cool yeah no that's interesting yeah. thanks um Linnea. Mm -hmm. so one thing um i really wanted to talk to you about um was when you were year 13 at logan park high school Indeed. i know that you organized um a climate strike march here in dunedin yeah and as a 17 year old i think you were indeed i was 17 so and and i think what year was that 2019 yeah 2019 actually the first one i would have been 16 because i didn't turn 17 till late march and the first one we did was early march but, but yeah mostly 17 <laughs> cool and i and i remember going to it and and being really yeah. impressed at the time that you and your friends being so young and being so <laughs> capable and passionate and um organizing it extremely yeah. well so yeah just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that and sort of what gave you the motivation or how you went about how do you go about organizing a <laughs> yeah um yeah well we found out about it at a local extinction rebellion meeting um so me and the three guys that we I organized it with we went along and they were kind of doing like the rundown on here's what's happening around the world like things coming up events and actions and stuff and they were like oh you know there's the school strike for climate that's happening out of Fridays for Future and Greta Thunberg's um, her Friday strikes that she would do outside Parliament. Um, and we were like, oh, well, we should find out if anything's happening in Dunedin. Um, and as it turned out, there was not. So we were like, well, I guess I guess we can try and make something happen. And, um, you know, we were kind of didn't really know what, how to do that. But the um, some of the Extinction Rebellion people, you know, they would have had a bit more organizing under their belt. Um, and so, you know, we got some guidance from them, but we also just would like meet up and be like, okay, what do we want this to look like? Because um, we, I guess we had sort of an idea that a strike involved, you know, we would go out of school and then we would march to the octagon in the middle of town. Um, and then 
have some like speeches and music and basically just kind of like raise awareness and present the demands of the strike um but yeah so we had to it was just a lot of logistics planning actually like Mm. getting people who wanted to speak um we had to contact the city council to ask to use the space um and get in touch with the police as well because we would be taking up the street and things um but yeah it was it was really good experience and it was funny when we first were planning it we didn't know if our school would be supportive of it and so we would like have our meetings at interval and lunchtime and like and make up like code words for what we were talking about or like change the subject anytime we saw a teacher coming because we were like this has to be top secret they might not want us to do this yeah because um, you know it was supposed to be <laughs> leaving school in the middle of a school day and we didn't know how how the faculty would take it yeah and how did they take it they were supportive we were our school was probably one of the most supportive especially of the high schools in the city um and yeah so we met with uh we have co-principals we met with one of them and she was like yeah no this sounds great like it's wonderful that you guys can you know advocate and use your voices and you know raise some awareness about things that you're passionate about so she was her and the other um, co-principal definitely really supported us and enabled that to happen like they made it easy for kids to um you know to be allowed to go so you know we I think we just had like permission slips or something so that the school knew where this who was who was gone on that and who was still at school um yeah and it was it was really cool that they saw that it was a valuable thing and that you know part of learning and becoming like conscious people in the world isn't just about like staying at school but it's also about being involved in wider issues yeah and and like talk about a broader education like you would have learned so much just in playing yeah. something and in human dynamics and exactly um working with other groups like how did us also curious how the DCC and the police responded were they cooperative Um, I think they were definitely supportive I don't actually know how much they knew to be honest (laughs) I think the the police knew a decent amount because they were the ones helping off the road for us they were definitely supportive I think in later I think after a couple of strikes I think they started kind of being a little bit less supportive of it like making it harder to book the facilities in the octagon and stuff but um at least for the initial one whether it was because they didn't know or whether it was because they were supportive it wasn't difficult for us to to get yeah to be able to use the space and use the the streets oh that's cool and I also remember like you were saying you had music and stuff and talking about you know liberal arts like I just mm-hmm. remember there was young people playing their music. Even I remember spe- specifically one young girl who had composed a piece for the march. Is that right? Yeah, there was um, there was a couple people who did music, um, and at least yeah, I remember there was one guy who did like a specific like climate change song. Um, a lot of the other artists did original pieces as well. Um, yeah so it was definitely like 
really cool to bring in kind of local talent and also people using their creative expression to speak to this wider issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just really cool to see. Yeah, and a great experience for them to be able to um, yeah, perform their art in front of a crowd for yeah. such a good cause. And mm-hmm. like, I think it sounds really, yeah, yeah. So many positive. Sure it's very cool for them too. Um, and so, and since that, those, so you did two strikes, did you say? You organized two? Uh, we did three. There were, so we did the first one, which was kind of our first foray in, and then we did another one. So that one was in March. Then we did one in May, which was a lot smaller and kind of more last minute organized. Um, and then we did the like last big one in September. Oh, yeah. So three in the three, one year. Kind of about two months apart each. Wow, that's amazing. Huge undertaking, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, and- I would say the last one was definitely the most successful because we had like geared up to it. And, you know, people knew that it was from the last strike or two that people were aware of what was going on and kind of we had like rallied a crowd (laughs) Mm. and I think the other thing I really loved about it was um, seeing young people doing something really positive and and really um, quite impressive like the organization and working together and and often today you hear so much about millennials and gen z or z i think you are now and um, how they don't contribute they're all about them and i i was i remember sitting there thinking i think they get they don't get as much credit as they should yeah you know yeah i think it's true i think um like we found that with the strike when we were planning it that um there was some like newspaper article that was like, there's no organization, there's no plan for the day. You know, this is just to get our kids out of school to like skip classes. We were like, well, you know, if you had actually like bothered to get in touch with us, you would find out that there are organizers and there's a plan. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess just the feeling of like, <laughs> I think we talked about this a lot, the irony of sort of especially like school staff or you know adults who are kind of uncomfortable with this going from like okay well the youth need to be more involved and they need to you know like speak up about things and then we're like okay so we're gonna do a strike and they're like no not like that like that was kind of the feeling and so it was like well you can't win (laughs) but um like yeah just that you know if you want youth to speak up and use their voices and be passionate maybe it's going to make the people who you know adults in the room a little bit uncomfortable because maybe it's challenging them or maybe it's you know not the way they would do things but Mm. if you just squash down any kind of youth movement that makes you uncomfortable then it doesn't yeah it doesn't do anyone any good yeah you're sort of suppressing the future leaders aren't you and their their gifts and what they're wanting to um mm-hmm. yeah and and them. also like watching yeah or suppressing people who have ideas of how we could do things differently mm. um because I think I find that you know when especially when in you're in high school and I guess maybe before you get really tired from <laughs> having to like you know 
flat and do like day-to-day logistics and go to uni and work and stuff like I think yeah being an adult is hard it is (laughs) and so I think there is something really valuable in like listening to youth who oftentimes have a different perspective of like hey we could do things differently so that we don't get to this point where everyone is so exhausted and burnt out all the time um that I think when you're an adult and you're just focusing on you know like paying the bills and kind of getting through it can be harder to see that or to kind of entertain it as a realistic thought as it doesn't feel feasible or tap into that creative energy that you still have energy for exactly yeah by daily responsibility (laughs) yeah exactly I think that's really cool a really good insight Linnea and um so what like what would you say to other young people, 16 and 17 year olds who might be thinking, you know, because you hear like this, there's a lot of weight, even on elementary or primary school age children that they're feeling the weight of the world and um, that they're inheriting, so to speak, um, yeah. from a generation that didn't see this, the issues that were there. Mm. Um what would you say to them if they're thinking I want to do something but I feel overwhelmed I don't know how yeah what would you say I think I would say that I think as youth we can be like it's up to me to fix the problems in the world and that's you know that shouldn't be especially if you're you know people in power are kind of a different thing I feel like they should feel that a little bit more but if you're just you know a high school student like you actually can't do that and it's unrealistic to try and take that on as like I'm going to single-handedly save the world um Mm -hmm. and I think we have quite an individualistic culture that makes it into all about one person whereas you know people indigenous people and people a long time ago knew that you had to be in in a community of people to do anything because if it was just you on your own good luck (laughs) so I think um yeah I guess telling young people that finding a group is good and finding people who are already doing the work because oftentimes it can feel really daunting like oh we need to start something new but generally there's people out there who are already doing probably what you want to do in relation to something you're passionate about um and they'll have you know the support systems and the experience and things to help as you kind of get involved and I think that's really important Mm. um yeah and I think doing little things can help like if doing little things changing little things about your life help you feel like you're doing something and give you a little bit of hope that's good as well but Mm. know that it's not you know that for example climate change even if all of us stopped using plastic or stop driving our cars there are still these huge 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 companies that emit like I don't know something like 70 percent of the world greenhouse gases are produced by 100 companies like me not using my car isn't going to change them so I guess having the perspective and kind of you know doing doing things that make you feel hopeful which can be small actions, but also realizing that there's kind of larger, larger things that have to change and that that takes more collective action than just one person. Mm, 
I like that. So find community. I mean, that's good advice for anything because we all yeah. need support. Find a community, like-minded community, and mm-hmm. then, and then look for some wiser, um, more experienced people to 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 help you on yeah. the road. I guess. Yeah, and don't be afraid to also put your ideas out there and say, "Hey, look, I know I don't have the same experience as you, but maybe you need a fresh set of eyes, and mm. I can bring that." or I can bring slightly different perspective on the world. Those are all valuable things too. Yeah, awesome. And um, how are you now? Like, are you still involved in climate change work or are you taking a break from it because you put so much energy into it for that mm-hmm. years? Or? Yeah. Um, I'm I mean, still COVID-19 kind of... COVID-19 plays a role in all this. <laughs> COVID definitely interrupts um yeah I mean at the end of year 13 I felt pretty burnt out um because just been going pretty hard um and I feel like I haven't kind of gotten back fully into activism spaces as much as I would like Mm. um but yeah I'm still it does it is really hard with COVID that lots of groups that would normally have you know like hey here's like a little get to know you you know we're running this activity for people who are interested like it's a lot harder for groups to do that yeah um but yeah I feel like I'm still aware of that and looking for those opportunities when they do come up even if that's less often Mm. at the moment um yeah trying to not become desensitized to the suffering in the world but not also to just like consume it like it's nothing yeah and I think there's there's a time I mean COVID aside which pretty much put a stop to almost anything organized in large community group settings but um there's a space for like going hard and then Mm. uh you know looking at your own energy and thinking okay I can't sustain this constantly for the next 10 years yeah so I'm going to take a break now and 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 uh, hopefully yeah it's had some effect and then and then go again when another opportunity or yeah yeah I think we discussed at some point about the idea of like waves of doing things you know and um yeah like what you said that you can have times when when you're like super involved and super active and then times when you just need to like rest and recharge Mm. um and kind of you know think about how that went and think about what you want to do next um and I think that's also the value of community is that you can you know if everyone kind of has their waves at different times you can be supporting each other as you're in those different stages yeah um and so then overall you kind of get a more consistent like slowly but surely working towards your goal yeah that's cool I like that idea yeah we had talked about um riding the wave and mm-hmm. the analogy boogie boarding <laughs> yeah boogie boarding and like when you're right when you're on the wave there's a real high but then yeah then you gotta paddle <laughs> back out against all the surf to get the next one and um and mm-hmm. sometimes you have to wait a long time when you're sitting out there for a good yeah. good wave and yeah that was a that's a good analogy mm-hmm. for um yeah balance in life I guess nature yeah. that's nature's um, model of mm-hmm. ebbing yeah. and flowing and yeah it is it's interesting doing ecology how much 
you know, we talk about things that happen in nature and then there's so many parallels to the way that we work as well as humans and as a society. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really insightful, isn't it? To mm-hmm. look, look at some of those yeah. patterns. So speaking of um riding the wave and and sustainable work and all that um we're just about wrapping up our time here and as Linnea well knows but I'll just tell our listeners that we always finish with the same question for each guest and last year we had had a question around um advice to your younger self but this year we decided as hosts to have a new and fresh question and um Linnea actually came up with this question so (laughs) I'm going to put it to you Linnea and the question is what does it look like for Linnea to flourish sort of what are some practices or um yeah that you do to to flourish as a young woman young woman um well yeah I think practices that I've been doing at the moment that help me flourish are you know, like getting out of the house and being outside in nature, um, kind of reconnecting to the wider world. And that helps me to get out of my head and into my body and then out. Mm. Um, Because I spend a lot of time thinking and overthinking. And so it's good to do things that kind of don't use my head as much and that use my body because that kind of lets my brain sort of run its thoughts out and then just be empty. Mm. um so yeah movement um I do a lot of journaling as well to kind of get my thoughts out process things um and then being with people like I I mean I'm an introvert but I really enjoy the company of my friends and family so I think yeah being in relationship with people and having those connections Mm. Uh, are really important for me to flourish um, and to help support me when I'm going through rough times mm. um, yeah I feel like those are kind of the main ones at this point they're great ones yeah thanks for that so get out yeah. of use your body get out of your head mm-hmm. at times and yeah with others yes I'm like my dad we think a lot <laughs> Well, we, we need people like you, but yeah, we also need you to stay healthy. Yeah, <laughs> we need to sometimes just stop thinking and actually do things. <laughs> well, which you, you know, as you've talked about today, you've certainly done that. Like I was thinking the march is a good example of getting out and connecting with others and actually physically doing something. Yeah. Or something that if you keep in your head, like worrying about the climate and the world, hmm. you'll go crazy. Yeah. We yeah exactly we do something practical yeah. don't mm-hmm. we yeah and that's where yeah doing things like that talking to people doing little actions or bigger actions those all help to <laughs> get that out of your head and into the world instead and use it to make some change to do something positive yeah well thanks for um being the interviewee today Linnea I've really enjoyed yeah thanks for having me book. Yeah, and um, yeah, some really great thoughts from a young mm-hmm. woman in our world, young and upcoming leader. Um, thanks everyone mm-hmm. for joining us and listening to Linnea's story and wisdom and stay tuned for our next episode of Wondering Women in two weeks. Stay safe, Yay. everyone. Take care. Take care.
Bye-bye. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.